Journey to Organization, episode 116. We buy too much stuff. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman. Advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. And today I want to talk about how we get too much stuff, why we have too much stuff, uh, and why that's a problem. Two things happened to me this week. The first is that I saw a post from Rabbanit Yamima Mizrahi about four back-to-school tips for the new school year, which three out of four of them I really liked, and I'm going to tell them to you, (laughs) Um, and an experience I had with a client this week. So I'm just going to dive right in. Here's what Rabbanit Yamima Mizrahi said about sending your kids back to school. The first thing she said is, wrap them in prayer. Every morning before your children rush out to the school bus or carpool or whatever, make sure to say a short blessing over them. And she recommends the priestly blessing, which she says every morning for each of her own children. Right? You can also add a tiny request at for any specific needs that your child has, that your son's teacher will adore him this year, that your daughter will make some great friends this year, that this year will be the year that your son will start loving Gamara at least as much as his Game Boy, right? So that's what she says about uh, that. And she goes on to say, A child whom you haven't wrapped up with a small prayer is in fact leaving the house naked. It is your job to make him or her a code of prayer to wear every single day. Now, I really like this, and I think it's a really great thing. And giving your child extra bracha says, you know, we love you, and we support you, and we want you to have a great day, right? The next thing she says is, watch your tongue, which makes total sense, right? So I'll read you what she says. She says, you can't stand your daughter's new teacher. You think she's a witch who would have done the teaching profession a favor by retiring shortly after the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's okay to think that. You can even do what you can behind the scenes to improve the situation, but never, ever, ever speak negatively about a teacher in front of a child. By doing so, you are creating a child who will never be able to absorb wisdom from any teacher or adult at all, God forbid. Okay, I get that too, and I feel like uh, that's really great. Now, I'm going to skip number three for a minute and go back to it, and I'm going to read you number four because I think it's really nice. And so accompany them is what she says. She says, I know, I know, it's the hardest time of day. Your son is rushing out to the school bus, and at the same moment, your daughter can't find her gym shoes, and your baby is crying for the pacifier. But make sure to accompany that rushing to the school bus child at least two steps out the door. This accompaniment and your blessing will guard that child from danger for the whole day. That's really beautiful. I'm down with that. These are things that we can give our children that are not actually things. (laughs) They're not physical things, you know, but that we can do to make them feel loved and feel protected. And now I'm going to go back and I'm going to read number three. So here's what she says, number three, and this has two parts. Okay. So number three, buy new. When you buy school books for your children and the salespersons offer you the shiny, hear the spine snap new workbook or the dog-eared sort of erased answers used workbook, spend the extra money to buy the new one. Ditto for the best state-of-the-art erasers, pens, notebooks, etc. Why spend the extra money for the new and best and fanciest, you ask? Well, because, number one, your extra investment will send your child the message that school and learning are among the most important things in life. And two, 
Anyway, you aren't the one paying for those books or fancy erasers and backpacks. Hashem pays us back for for all of our children's school expenses. I She says, I always tell them in the store to write out the receipt to the Rubona Shalolam, to the master of the world, right? And in theory, that's a great idea, except for that I don't really buy it. I buy that every single thing that we have comes from God, 100%. But at the same time, I also believe that we have limited resources in the world and there is going to come a point where we it's possible that we can use them all up. And I think that teaching our children to always buy new and never buy used is not a good message. And I'll tell you why. The thing about always buying new and never buying used, saying, you know, Hashem is paying for it anyways, is not really, I don't think the two are connected. It doesn't matter if you buy used or if you buy new. Hashem is paying for it either way. Like in that in that round of realm of thinking, either way it's being paid for. The question is, are we dedicating more resources to making something or less resources to making something? Now, obviously, Buying something new means more resources have gone into it. If you're buying something that's already been used, then less resources have gone into it already, or the same amount of resources have gone into it, but it's getting extra mileage. Now, if you have five children and you need to buy something new for your oldest child, and you know that it's going to go through five kids, then I could be like, yes, I'm down with you buying new because it's going to go through five of your kids. But if you really think about it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with buying the used because either way, it's coming out of the money that God has laid aside for us to buy school supplies, right? So, and I think that this is true with everything. Now, here in Israel, on school shirts, kids have to wear the school insignia, the semel. And I see nothing wrong. I mean, my kids are some of the bigger kids at school, so I have to buy them new shirts, but I only buy them like four or five shirts, so they really wear out their shirts at the end of the year. There's really almost nothing left to pass on, or I buy them a size bigger, and then they can get two years out of it, right? Because I'm washing them all the time, and they get faded, and they rip, and they tear, right? But the point is, is even though I buy my kids something new, I buy it so it's long enough to last for like two or three seasons where they can get the most wear of it out of it and really, really use it up. And what I I think that sometimes people don't sort of appreciate about buying new is that, yes, it's great and it's shiny, but it doesn't necessarily make our kids want to <laughs> learn more or better. Sometimes it does, but in general, I find that, no, it doesn't. So I feel like I'm okay with a compromise. If you need to buy your kids something new, okay, buy it, especially if at the end of the year you can sell it or pass it on to somebody else who could need it. Uh, but if you can buy secondhand, I feel like there's sort of no reason not to. And sometimes when you buy secondhand, it ends up not being quite as good as if you would buy it firsthand. I agree. However, if you do your homework and you do your research, it's usually okay. And even with secondhand, like workbooks, let's say, I mean, what's going to go wrong with a workbook? <laughs> Maybe a page will fall out or something like that. If that happens, you can always look at your friends. I feel like there's always some way you can get what you need out of the situation if something goes wrong. And 
I feel like when we go ahead and spend this extra money, we're actually teaching our kids that, you know, it's okay to to buy new things. It's okay to use up resources. It's okay to not treat the things in this world um, with not respect when we're done with them. So what I mean by that is it's okay to say, we don't need to use something up. We don't need to make the most of what we have or what we can buy because we can just buy new and there's always going to be more. We don't know that there's always, you know, we there might always be more. Do you know what I mean? But like that doesn't mean that we should not use up the resources that are already here. And I think what we teach our children when we say, yes, let's go out and buy new everything. Who cares if you don't need it? Or who cares if you have something that's perfectly usable from last year? What we say when to our kids when we do that, even on a unconscious level, is we say, it's okay to go out and spend. It's okay to purchase. It's okay to not use up what we have. And to me, that's a violation of Baltashlit. When we don't use up what we already have and we just go out and buy new and buy new and buy new, I just, it's shocking to me how people don't think that that's wasteful. And one of the things that I was super proud of my daughter for doing last year is at the end of the year, she saw that a lot of the kids were throwing out perfectly good notebooks like they had only used one or two pages of the notebook and they were just throwing them away at the end of the year so she salvaged the notebooks and she brought them home and we tore out like one or two pages from each one and put them in the recycling and this year I didn't have to buy any notebooks (laughs) and the kids had a whole stash of notebooks we weren't rushing around at the at the beginning of the year trying to buy paper and notebooks and pens and pencils right we got what we needed And it was just like a nice feeling to just be prepared in that way and knowing that they took the initiative to use up things that were perfectly good and not waste them. And I was really, really proud and I I felt really happy and kola kavod to my daughter for doing that. And my son and my daughter basically had all the notebooks that they needed. And I and and then we went through their school supplies from last year. Any markers? We sort of do this at the end of the year, but then they sit around <laughs> for like two more months. So, you know, we check them again before we go back to school. But we went through their, their pens and pencils and markers and we reloaded whatever we needed. And we didn't have to buy everything new. We just bought a few new things, what we needed. We were able to use up a lot of the things um, that we already had in the house. And the kids were happy and they didn't feel like, you know, I need to buy everything new. And so I feel like there's a balance. There's a balance. And yes, it's true. Everything comes from Hashem. But the used stuff also does. So... I think when you can strike this balance with your children, like, if you need something new, I'll buy you something new. If you don't need something new, then we can use what we have from the year before. And I think when you find that balance, you're teaching your kids, like, it's okay to buy when you need something. It's okay to be thoughtful about your purchasing. And it's okay to also use up what you already have and get the most out of what you've already spent your money on. Which leads me to the next thing that happened to me this week, which was I had a client this week and she was a great client and I 
really loved working with her and really enjoyed working with her. But something that happened made me really stop and think. She had a very, very large CD collection and DVD, not so much DVDs, but mostly CDs. And I went through the CDs with her and we decided that, you know, she was going to copy a few CDs and then get rid of them. And the rest of them we were going to donate. And I went through the CDs and there was maybe a thousand CDs. I, I don't know, somewhere between 500, 600 and a and thousand. Probably it's I had I'll had hedge the bed. It's somewhere in the middle, like 800 or something like that. But there was quite a few CDs. Now, let's assume we're going through the lower number. OK, so let's assume that there were 500 CDs there at a dollar a piece. That's five hundred dollars. And I know and you know that CDs don't always cost a dollar a piece. Most of these were probably purchased when they just came out, which meant that they were someplace between $9 and $20. And that's a lot of money when you multiply that. Let's say they're at the most $9 each, okay? So that sort of gives us an average. $9, nine times 500, like that's a lot of money. That's $4,500. And it's like, can you imagine what you could have done with $4,500 today? <laughs> Even if you consider that most of those CDs were bought 20 years ago. Okay, so with inflation, that probably been, would have been like double the amount, like closer to $10,000. Okay, so, but even $4,500 today can get you a, 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 you know, vacation for a few days, right? Like, it's a nice way to take a vacation with $4,500. So when you think about what you're buying and all these little purchases, they really, really add up. Okay, so basically my client threw away or donated $4,500 worth of stuff. And that doesn't even include the other stuff that we got rid of, right? So that's just CDs and DVDs. So $4,500 worth of stuff. Imagine what you could have done with that $4,500 even if you would have given it all to Staka, like to charity, then, <laughs> you know, he wouldn't have, it would still come out as like, it would have been effective as $4,500 to charity, not, you know, $4,500 worth of CDs, which is different than actual money, right? So, so when we're thinking about buying those new things for our kids and, and, you know, buying, anything for our family, really, or even anything for ourselves, think about the cost of it, okay? Not just the cost in terms of the money right now that I'm handing over to the cashier. What's going to happen to this item in 10 years? Am I going to keep it? Am I going to give it away? Is it going to be new technology? Part of the reason why she was giving away all the CDs was because she didn't even have a CD player anymore. Because of certain things, she had to get a new car. And the new cars don't even have CD players in them. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, what am I going to do with all this music, right? So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, we've, we spend a lot of money on stuff and, you know, school supplies included. And what's going to happen to them in, in a year, in six months even? Are they going to end up in the trash? Are they going to end up in the recycling bin? Are they going to break? Like, let's think about our purchasing because... Maybe we don't really need it. And yes, it's true. You get a lot of instant gratification from buying things now. And maybe it's true. Anything we spend on, you know, education comes from, you know, God's account and not our account. And that, that could be true too. You know, I'm not 
uh, God's accountants, so I don't really know. <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is, is that even if the money comes out of a separate fund, it's still money. So, and and not only is it just the money, it's the resources. So if we save our resources and we're pooling it for something bigger, better, greater, like maybe a house, isn't that better for us? Now, I'm not going to say that I'm not guilty of spending because... I spend, you know, with the rest of them. And I will definitely buy my kids something new if they need it because I'm not perfect and, you know, I want to give my kids nice things if I can. Um, or if I, if, they, if I feel like they need them, you know. My son is being bar mitzvahed and he really wanted a suit for his bar mitzvah. I didn't really feel like it was something I could buy secondhand because in Israel that would have been really hard. And also because he's... Not quite a man, <laughs> but he wears man sizes, so he's, like, not as tall as a man, but, like, you know, he needed something that, you know, would fit him, and he's, like, a smaller size, which is sort of harder to find, and so, you know, I got him something new, and knowing that, you know, I can always take it out or shorten it or lengthen it, and that that's what I would do so that I could get some extra mileage out of it. And, you know, I was thoughtful about it, and I didn't spend as much as he wanted me to spend on it, and I'm willing to get him what he needs. Like, for example, I always buy my kids new sneakers, but I don't buy them six pairs of sneakers. I buy them two, and they last them the whole year. They wear out their sneakers. I mean, I don't buy them a new pair of sneakers till there's, like, basically a hole in their old ones. They are wearing out what they have. So yes, it's true. I don't mind buying new in that situation. So I make a calculating decision and I think to myself, okay, what's the best way to spend this? And instead of buying them five pairs of shoes that they're probably not going to wear out, I just buy two that they do wear out. And I'm conscientious about, you know, if I buy them dress shoes, again, some some houses I go into, the kids have four or five pairs of dress shoes and four or five pairs of sneakers. There's no way that any one kid can wear out that many pairs of shoes. Now, if you're talking about a grown-up, a grown woman or a grown man, okay, having four or five pairs of shoes in each category is not necessarily unreasonable, though I don't necessarily recommend it. But, you know, because we don't wear out our things quite as fast as our children do, or, or we actually will wear our things until we wear them out, right? Because kids grow before they can wear them out. So what I want from this, or what I hope from this, is that when you're purchasing either for yourself or for your family, you're not going to just think about the short term like, oh, this is going to hit the pleasure center in my brain. It's going to light it up and it's going to make me feel really good for buying this. But also what's going to happen to this item in six months, in a year, in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years? Is it going to get used up? Is the technology going to change? Is it going to end up in the garbage? Am I just throwing money in the garbage? Like, Think about, take the purchase a few steps further so that you're not wasting. Because even though it's great to send our kids the message that school is super important and that we should really, you know, we should really invest in school and we should invest in education. And I definitely believe in that. I think there's also a message that we send, like when we invest in school, we also don't need to be wasteful about it. We need to have what we need, but it doesn't necessarily have to be shiny and new. We're going to learn the same thing if it's a used workbook or if it's a, a old workbook. And I, 
I feel like sometimes it's not necessarily bad. It's never bad to have something used. There's also something to learn from from having something used. Sometimes when things are new, we tend not to treat the item very good because we always feel like, oh, we can get something new if something happens to this. But when we have something that's a little bit older and that we have to treat with more care, we treat it with more care. And that's also a valuable thing for our kids to learn, to treat the things that we have with care because we want them to last. We want our blankets to last. So you shouldn't rub them and jump on them and, you know, try to make them rip. We want our beds to last. So in order to do that, we put a mattress protector on them, right? We want our our soap to last maybe. So we add a little extra water to it so that it lasts a little bit longer and we're not wasting it. We want there to not be a global water shortage, which is a problem in some parts of the world. So we turn the water off when we're brushing our teeth. There are all these things that we can do to help our kids and for ourselves to understand that we don't need to waste our resources. We don't need to just let things run like the water, you know, and use it up just because we can. Just because we have something doesn't mean that other people in the parts of the world have something. And I hate my mom used to be like, you know, there are starving children all over the world. Finish your plate, right? <laughs> and one of my friends once said to me, she's like, my mom says that to me too. And I'm like, so here, ship up my plate and send it to them, right? That's not necessarily going to help the other people around the world who are suffering. But it, it lends us a sort of bit of understanding. Like when we are able to conserve our resources, we can sort of understand what other people who have to conserve are doing. I once had a friend say to me, um, well, as long as the water is running out of the tap, I can leave it on as much as I want. And, you know, who cares? And it doesn't matter that, you know, I need to conserve. And maybe that's true. In the U.S. especially, there isn't a water shortage. (laughs) Um, But in Israel, water is scarce and it's not cheap. And in America, too, water is something that you also pay for. So conserving it and not overusing it means that you're going to put money in your wallet every month instead of in the water company's wallet. And that's, I think, also really important. So to sum up, Yamima Mizrahi, I agree on your points one, two, and four. I think it's great to send your kids out with a bracha in the morning every day. I love you so much. Have a great day. I'll see you this afternoon. That's beautiful. I love that. I'm not down with just buying things new because, you know, buying things new. I don't think that it necessarily teaches our kids a lesson in how to. I don't think it's educating our kids. There. That's it. I think that it teaches our kids to be wasteful when we can reuse things and use them up. And I think that there is a time and a place for buying things new, but I don't necessarily think it needs to be all the time. And I think that we need to think very carefully about everything we purchase and what's going to happen to this purchase over the long run. The one thing that I didn't mention about purchasing things like CDs or technology, things that get used up, right, is we don't think about necessarily where they're going to end up when their lifespan is over. What's going to happen to this item when the technology is obsolete or when it breaks, right? Okay, I'm going to throw it away, but 
what does away really mean? It's going to go to probably a landfill. It's probably not going to get recycled. And it means that you're going to use up a lot of really, really valuable resources from the earth. In technology specifically, there's loads of minerals and, and rare earth minerals in these phones and other technologies that are really, really difficult to recycle and really don't get recycled and that are expensive and can cause environmental problems for when we're mining and mining and mining for them. So think about you know what can what's going to actually happen to this item in the long run. The other thing that I think that people have to think about is that oftentimes we buy these we buy things and we don't necessarily know where they're going to go in our home and they create clutter. <laughs> and we don't want to create more clutter in our home. We don't always want to be have to buying new stuff just to organize our old stuff. Think about where this is going to go in your house, where it's, you know, going to live, where it will end up in a few years time and how you're going to store it and how you're going to be responsible for it because theoretically anything you buy you want it to last a while and you want to be able to use it up right and so you're not buying things with the intention necessarily of just throwing them away and except if you're buying single-use disposable dishes which that's a whole nother story and we can have a whole podcast about single-use disposable dishes and how much I hate them but anyway <laughs> um, the fact of the matter is is that you have to think about how this item is going to fit into your life right now in terms of where it's going to live and if it's going to enhance or detract your life in terms of organization and I think that's a really important point in that we buy things sometimes without understanding where they're going to live in our homes. And it creates clutter and it creates a problem. And so many people in that I see every day <laughs> have problems with clutter. And, and even if it's a small problem with clutter, it doesn't mean that it's not a problem. So be conscientious about what you let into your home, not just because of the money or the waste or the resources, but because you actually have to have a place to put it in your house or else what is the point, right? Like what's the point of having something that you don't know where to put it and that's just going to create a problem for you in the long run. So I hope this gives some food for thought this week. I hope all of your kids are doing really, really well at school and that you didn't have to buy too many school supplies. For now, I'm signing off. Have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.